This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where a COVID vaccination task force is calling on the state and the feds to step up their outreach in minority communities. We are ready to join this mission to defeat this virus and to defeat the misinformation and disinformation that has created a spirit of hostility, hesitation, fear, doubt, falsehoods, and big lies around taking these vaccines. As hospitals in Jacksonville cope with a new wave of COVID patients, Mayor Lenny Curry is calling on people to use a mask and get vaccinated, but there won't be any mandates or closings. Shutting down our economy, locking our kids in in their homes, in my view, is not the answer. We have a vaccine that is effective, so let's go get it done. Mayor Curry was joined by healthcare executives who say deaths have increased dramatically this month, and there are about 800 COVID patients in Jacksonville hospitals. Almost all of them are unvaccinated. Pop quiz gang, the governor held a news conference Wednesday. Did he want to talk about the 40,000 Floridians killed by COVID or the fish killed by red tide? Survey says... This has been a coordinated effort at all levels of government, with state, county, and city governments working together to clean up the fish kills resulting from this red tide event. And when he was asked by reporters about the doubling of COVID cases over the past week in Florida, Ron DeSantis said he really doesn't care much about that particular statistic. I've never been driven by the case counts because you have people who may test positive now, we know who who are vaccinated. And so they'll be positive, but they're almost entirely not going to get a serious illness. And so to me, it's about preventing the illness, not a positive test. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who's also a Baptist youth pastor who's been busted three times in the past two months for child pornography and video voyeurism. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, July 22nd. This is National Hammock Day, Mango Day, and Pie Approximation Day. Whether you're a baker or a math whiz, today is your day. On this date in 1864, General Sherman's Union Army defeated Confederate troops under General Hood in the Battle of Atlanta. In 1934, public enemy number one, John Dillinger, was mortally wounded by FBI agents outside Chicago's Biograph Theater. In 1959, Ed Wood's cult classic Plan 9 from Outer Space premiered. It starred Bela Lugosi and Vampira. It's considered one of the worst films ever made. And on this date in 2011, Norway was the victim of twin terror attacks. The first, a bomb targeting government buildings in Oslo, followed less than two hours later by a massacre at a youth camp. A total of 77 people died. More than 300 were injured. They were the deadliest attacks in Norway since World War II. Florida hospitals are filling up with COVID patients and some are canceling elective surgeries to free up bed space. Dr. Leon Haley is an emergency medical specialist and CEO of UF Health in Jacksonville. He says fatalities have increased dramatically this month. We've had 18 deaths since the beginning of July. We had four for the entire month of June. 100% of those deaths are related to unvaccinated individuals. We've also seen a a shift in the age population in in January of last year. It was 67 and is now 57, so a younger population. We've also seen a shift in the the demographics in terms of uh, uh, race. And so, unfortunately, um, it is now 55% are white and 34% are African-American. 
um, which is different than what we saw earlier. So we're seeing a shift in the demographics in terms of age and race. But most importantly, as the mayor said, we're seeing people who are in the hospital who are unvaccinated. And so I would implore you to continue your mask and distancing and washing your hands. I think those are still appropriate measures. But the most important, as the mayor said, is to get vaccinated as soon as you can, because that is the way we're going to beat this pandemic. Dr. Tim Groover is the CEO of Baptist Health in Jacksonville, and he says they're seeing the same thing. More cases of COVID, mostly the Delta variant, and more fatalities. I wanted to just remind everyone of how deadly this virus is. In the United States, over 609,000 people have died due to COVID-19. Think about that. I don't mean to be morbid, but if you lined up that many people from head to toe, they would stretch from Jacksonville to Miami and halfway back. So we're not talking about the cold, we're not talking about the flu, or even the same virus that we were dealing with this time a year ago. Our latest numbers show that 69% of the cases that are being admitted to Baptist Health are attributed to the Delta variant. Because of its very efficient and effective transmission from human to human, the patients that we're seeing in the hospital today are younger, they're sicker, and they're getting sicker quicker. And in the past month at Baptist Health, 44% of COVID-19 positive hospitalized patients were in their 40s or even younger. So the implications reach far and wide. Back in March of 2020, we were viewing this as a disease of older adults, especially those with chronic medical conditions. But today, we are seeing those who are otherwise young and healthy end up in our hospital and even in our ICU on ventilators. Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry is pleading with people to get vaccinated, but he will not impose any safety mandates, shut down any businesses, or impose any limits on crowd sizes to try to mitigate the spread of COVID. There is significant uh, economic and health uh, risk associated with shutting down our economy and locking people in their homes. Uh, we have a vaccine now that's effective. Hospitals are full and busy because of unvaccinated people. Uh, so the solution here is to get the vaccine. I'm not imposing mandates. People need to make their own decisions. If businesses choose to mask, that's a business decision that they make. Uh, and I would ask you if a business chooses to do that, to respect that. Um, people need to make personal decisions right now uh, in the interest of their health, but the answer is get the vaccine. There's a million people in the city of Jacksonville 800 people hospitalized right now. Most of those 800 with COVID, most of those 800 people have not been vaccinated. Uh, to shut an economy down of a million people, many of which have been vaccinated because some have decided not to get vaccinated, I I'm not going to impose that on those people. Uh, we, we need to do what we're doing today and, and, and push, push, push the facts about vaccinations and get people out to get vaccinated. Shutting down our economy Locking our kids in, in their homes, in my view, is not the answer. We have a vaccine that is effective, so let's go get it done. Does that apply to masks as well, mask mandates? I think, look, if people want, if businesses want to uh, impose a mask in their businesses, uh, in their homes, people want to wear them when they're in public, I would encourage that. That's their choice and their decision. I am not implementing a mask mandate. Curry is not the only Floridian trying to figure out how to increase the state's vaccination rate. The Reverend R.B. Holmes of Tallahassee's Bethel Baptist Church runs the statewide Coronavirus Vaccination Community Education and Engagement Task Force, which is trying to increase vaccination rates in communities of color. Holmes says the current approach is not working, and he wants to take the shots directly to people. We are ready 
to join this mission, to defeat this virus, and to defeat the misinformation and disinformation that has created a spirit of hostility, hesitation, fear, doubt, falsehoods, and big lies around taking these vaccines. Again, these vaccines work and can, and can be very effective against the highly contagious Delta variants. Lies cost lives. This virus doesn't care about your politics, your zip code, your race, your religion, your age, not your gender. It is our moral obligation to speak truth to power. What we have done thus far has not worked effectively. The task force is calling upon our governor and president of the United States to reopen pop-up clinics in these vulnerable communities and to help us to hire community ambassadors to implement an aggressive, creative, grassroots action plan. We must work together. We must come together. This is not a walk in the park. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. We did not get into this pandemic of pandemics overnight. It took years of systemic healthcare disparities and neglect. But together, we can get it done. If billionaires can go to space, we can go to our neighborhoods and into the streets and encourage people to take the vaccines. We can't make them do it, but we can continue to encourage them. We can create a movement that everywhere they turn, they will hear trusted voices saying, do the right thing, get vaccinated. Florida's Deputy Secretary of the Department of Health, Dr. Shamariel Roberson, had been scheduled to address the task force during their meeting, but she dropped out at the last moment. Holmes says it appears as though the state is still doing its best to withhold information from the public that doesn't support the governor's narrative. Dr. Roberson, um, she was slated to to give remarks, uh, she uh, she contacted us at the last minute. She came had emergency. I think that you need you need to call her office and ask why she was not here. I think they could have sent a representative. But she could, she could not make it. Um, you know, I know we got a gag order on not telling folk the, 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 the truth about the numbers. Uh, the, the delay on that. Um, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get. We can't play those those kind of games with folk lives. But the governor is all about playing games with the numbers. Florida has been averaging more than 8,000 new cases per day for the past week, the highest totals since February. But Ron DeSantis says those case numbers really are not on his radar. I've never been driven by the case counts because you have people who may test positive now, we know, who, who are vaccinated. And so they'll be positive, but they're almost entirely not going to get a serious illness. And so to me, it's about preventing the illness, not a positive test. The folks, some of the folks that have tested positive literally just have a positive test and don't have any symptoms. And so for me, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in the clinical outcomes here. And I think that viewing it as, are you symptomatic? Are you going to be a hospital admission? Are you going to be in intensive care? Obviously, is your life going to be threatened? I mean, those are the key things. And, and these vaccines make it so that your chance of survival is pretty doggone close to 100%. If you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, 
the chance of you getting seriously ill or dying from COVID is effectively zero. If you look at the people that are being admitted to hospitals, uh, over 95% of them are either not fully vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And so these vaccines are saving lives. They are reducing mortality. And I said this a couple months ago. I said, told people to get vaccinated because we have a summer season here, just like last year. It started a little later this year. So you're going to have higher prevalence for the rest of July, probably into August. And then it goes back and goes the different waves. If you're vaccinated, those waves are not going to impact you in any significant way. DeSantis also says there won't be any change in the state's vaccination outreach or in safety protocols. He claims that would backfire. I get a little bit frustrated when I see some of these jurisdictions saying, even if you're healthy and vaccinated, you must wear a mask because we're seeing increased cases. Understand what that message is sending to people who aren't vaccinated. It's telling them that the vaccines don't work. I think that's the worst message you can send to people um, at this time, because I think that the data has been really, really good in terms of preserving people, uh, saving people's lives, reducing mortality dramatically. And I I can tell you that you're going to end up having over 95 percent of folks that end up seriously ill from this point on are going to be people who are not vaccinated. And so that's the single most important thing that, that people can understand. You're in a situation now where a lot of the folks who are not taking it, it's accessible to everyone. They have different reasons for why they don't take it. And I think that the more they're hectored by government officials or some of these folks, that is not going to going to get them to yes. I can tell you that right now. I think I think these are folks that that have skepticism of authorities. Uh, I think they have different reasons why they may not do it. I don't think most of them think COVID is a hoax or anything. I think that they understand some of them are very young and healthy and they're making the calculation that that they'll likely be able to handle it. And I understand that, too. But as you're trying to reach some of these folks, I think it's important to just be honest with them about about the risks of of COVID. If they are in a less risky category, you should just be honest with that and not try to scare people into taking it, which a lot of these authorities have done. The governor was speaking at a press conference in St. Petersburg that had nothing to do with COVID. He was there to talk about the fish kill caused by red tide in the Tampa Bay region, and he says it's looking better. This has been a coordinated effort at all levels of government, with state, county, and city governments working together to clean up the fish kills resulting from this red tide event. And I was pleased to hear from everyone that was on the boat with me today uh, that the bay looks a lot better than it did last week. And I think a lot of the reason for that was that everyone was on board uh, to mitigate. And obviously, we've put a lot of funding towards that and will continue to do more. Uh, So I thank them for their efforts. It really has made a difference. And you can see it not just being there in the boat, You look at the satellite imagery and how we're able to look at that now compared today to last week. It definitely has been an improvement. We hope that that will continue. We've planned for mitigation efforts. We've appropriated the money for mitigation efforts, and we're using the funds just as they were intended to be used. And we're proud that we thought ahead and had the money ready to go. Um, And so due to this proactive approach, DEP has already been able to commit $2.1 million to cover cleanup costs incurred for both Pinellas County and the city of St. Petersburg in response to this red tide bloom and has the resources to continue to provide additional assistance. Hopefully the, the improvement here in the Bay is good. There is going to be up and down the coast. You do see other blooms. So there's going to be a need to do mitigation, not just in Tampa Bay, but, but in other parts of the West Coast. Um, if you looked at the map then and leading up until ELSA, 
clearly, Elsa pushed more of the blooms into Tampa Bay and led to some really intense events. Uh, we uh, like the progress that's happened over the over the last year, or excuse me, over the last week, and we're going to continue working side by side. Uh, FWC, DEP, our administration, working with the county and other counties that are affected, as well as municipalities that are going to be affected. And we, we obviously anticipate some of the beach municipalities uh, as we see the tide impacting those beach communities. So we want to be all hands on deck approach, and we want to make sure that we're all in this together. St. Petersburg's Mayor Rick Kreisman wanted the governor to declare a state of emergency to deal with the red tide mess, but the governor refused. After all, it might make the state look bad, maybe even scare off tourists. So Mayor Kreisman sent out a tweet saying the politicization of the governor's response to red tide is truly sickening. How did I politicize red tide? I'm just relaying what you tweeted. Okay, well, you should look to see. Is that credible to say that? This is something I tackled from day one in office. It's never been political. They were the ones who were saying, you've got to declare a state of emergency. And so we asked them why. Well, they didn't know why. They just wanted to do it for a political talking point. The fact is, we budgeted for this. We have money for this. That would not allow us to do anything that we're not already doing. We appropriated for this, not just red tide, but blue-green algae, because we knew that these were issues we had to tackle. So literally, the only thing that would do is hurt some of these people, because it would send the message that somehow all of Florida is, 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 has problems, when in fact, the economy is open here, uh, people should be coming, and, and get, yes, check in with the, with, the, with the Chamber of Commerce or the county about if there's blooms in an area. Absolutely, you should do that. But this place is open, they're doing well, and so it would have been very irresponsible to do that. Uh, That was made a political issue by them, not by me. The governor invited several local business owners and politicians to join him at his press conference, including a Pinellas County commissioner and a St. Petersburg City Council member. Mayor Kreisman was not on the guest list. Sad news about a Seminole legend. Former FSU football coach Bobby Bowden, who turns 92 in November, has been diagnosed with what's described as a terminal medical condition. Bowden spent 34 seasons at Florida State, leading the Knowles to 12 ACC championships and two national championships. He was inducted into the College Hall of Fame in 2006. The family has asked for privacy, but Coach Bowden did issue a statement to the Tallahassee Democrat saying he is prepared for what is to come and is at peace. Your calendar of events, the Florida Transportation Commission meets by phone at 10. Trustees at Gulf Coast State College meet at 10 in Panama City. Robin Bernstein, the former U.S. Ambassador to the Dominican Republic, speaks to the Economic Club of Florida at 11.15. The Department of Agriculture Food Security Advisory Council meets by phone at noon. The newly created task force on closing the achievement gap for boys meets at 1 in Orlando. And the North Central Florida Regional Planning Council meets online at 7. And finally today, a Florida man is busted for the third time in two months after hidden cameras were found inside a church bathroom. 37-year-old David Nims is a pastor and youth leader at the Calvary Baptist Church in Pensacola, and he was arrested after a 14-year-old boy found a camera under the sink. Deputies checked the chip and they found a clip of the boy when he was using the bathroom. They also found another video that showed Nims recovering the device from a sink in a different bathroom. The perverted pastor was originally arrested back on June 7th after a teenage boy noticed a camera underneath the sink in the youth hallway of the sanctuary. Four days later, he was arrested again after investigators located over 100 images of child pornography during a search of his residence. All in all, detectives say at least eight people were videotaped without their knowledge while visiting the church restroom, and at least three of them appear to be minors. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.